Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It is Thursday, July 7th, and this is People Every Day. Hey there, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. I can't believe it's already Thursday. I love a short work week. I am very excited for today's show, though, because we are talking to, drumroll please, The Bachelorettes. Gabby Wendy and Rachel Recchia are here to preview their upcoming shared season of The Bachelorette. I cannot wait for that. But first, let's get into some major stories that have been swirling around out there. First things first, we're going to jump into some sad news that is coming out of Hollywood. Uh, Beloved Godfather actor James Caan has died at the age of 82. We are getting this news and finding out more about it as I speak. And on with me now, taking a break from that reporting, is my beloved friend, (laughs) Nigel Smith, who's going to give us the details of what's going on with this. Hey, Nigel. Hey. Yeah. Take me into what we know about the loss of of James Caan. Well, what we know is that his death came as a bit of a surprise. We didn't know that he was sick. He died at 82 years old. His family tweeted on the actor's official uh, Twitter page today saying that the actor died yesterday, July 6th. And they just asked for heartfelt condolences and asked for fans and the press to respect their privacy during this obviously very difficult time. And no cause of death was immediately made available. Um, But we're going to miss him. I mean, this is one of the most legendary actors out there. The original star from The Godfather. He also had a short appearance in the sequel. And of course, he went head-to-head with Kathy Bates and her Oscar-winning performance in the iconic film Misery. Oh, Misery. You bring it up, and I just see that scene with, what it, what was it, tied to the bed and the mallet and all the... You remember that? It was just such good acting. Yeah, you don't forget a scene like that. I know he had, like, a, a really interesting backstory in the 70s. When you talk about James Caan, uh, what are those memories that come up? Well, he was just such a reliable performer. Whenever he was in a movie, you know that you were getting a great performance. He's always so committed, so strong, but he also really knows how to make fun of himself and have a really great sense of humor, as evidenced in the movie Elf opposite Will Ferrell because he commits so strongly to his characters. So he can work in comedy, he can work in drama. My personal favorite film of his, this movie called Eraser from 1996, it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger action film in which James played the main villain and he was so great going up against Arnold. The guy really could just do it all. And I think that's why he was so beloved by Hollywood and had so many fans. And behind the scenes that he famously quit Hollywood to take time and raise his son. He also, back in the 70s, lived in the Playboy Mansion. He had just such a life. And we're going to be delving into all of that on People.com today. Right, Nigel? Oh, yeah. Such a life. He's been very open about his battles with addiction during that break that he took 
from Hollywood to get sober. I think he coached for Little League Baseball. And he talked about coming back to Hollywood with such a fervor and such a passion to get back into acting. And we're all going to miss him so much. Seriously. Well, you guys, for for more on the great James Conn, head over to people.com. And Nigel, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, of course. Earlier today, news broke that WNBA star Brittany Griner pleaded guilty in a Russian court to drug charges. As we previously covered on the show, Griner has been detained in Russia for the past several months after she allegedly brought marijuana into the country. Today, in court, she entered her plea in English, which was translated into Russian for the court, where she said, quote, I'd like to plead guilty, your honor, but there was no intent I didn't want to break the law. And she added, I'd like to give my testimony later. I need time to prepare. Just earlier this week, President Biden received a handwritten letter from Griner where she pleaded with him to do everything he can to bring her home. Yesterday, the White House said that the president spoke to Griner's wife and assured her he was working to have Griner released, quote, as soon as possible. Brittany Griner could face up to 10 years in prison. No word yet on how this will impact the possibility of bringing the two-time Olympic gold medalist back stateside. We will continue to update you on this story in the coming days. Also in international news, Boris Johnson is stepping down as British prime minister. The United Kingdom's Conservative Party leader resigned outside of Number 10 Downing Street today, following a loss of confidence within his party and a mass exodus from his cabinet in recent days. He now aims to continue as caretaker prime minister until the fall, while the Conservative Party holds a leadership election across the summer. Johnson has been in hot water ever since the Partygate scandal came to light, where he hosted 16 social gatherings that took place in Downing Street during a 20-month period of various levels of COVID-related lockdowns in England. In April, Johnson was fined by the Metropolitan Police for the parties, becoming the first UK prime minister in history to be officially found to have broken the law. Johnson told reporters today, quote, it is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of of that party and therefore a new prime minister. Johnson continued with, quote, to that new leader, whoever he or she may be, I say I will give you as much support as I can. And to you, the British public, I know that there will be many people who are relieved and perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. Yes, that's how he ended his statement. An interesting choice of words by an interesting man. And it will be even more interesting to see who is selected to be the next UK prime minister. Tech billionaire Elon Musk is making headlines again. News outlets have reported that Musk secretly welcomed twins last November with Siobhan Zillis. What makes their relationship a bigger topic of conversation is the fact that Zillis is the project director at Musk's Neuralink company. Court documents show the twins were born in Austin, Texas, and that in April, Musk and Zillis asked a Texan county court to change their baby's names so they would, quote, have their father's last name and contain their mother's last name as part of their middle name. The twins' arrival came weeks before Musk and his former partner, Grimes, welcomed a baby girl via surrogate in December. The two also share a two-year-old son. The Tesla CEO is now the father of 10 children that range from seven months to 18 years old. And we all know what car they're getting come those 16th birthdays. There's going to be a lot of them. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, it's time to talk all things bachelorettes. That's plural. 
The new season of The Bachelorette airs this Monday on ABC. And this time around, we've got two leading ladies. Viewers watched Gabby Wendy and Rachel Recchia compete on Clayton Eckerd's season, where they won the hearts of Bachelor Nation. And I know I speak for many when I say we are all rooting for them to find their own happily ever afters. So... Get your roses ready and pop the champagne because Gabby and Rachel are here now to talk all about their upcoming season. Hey, you guys, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having us. So this is the first time fans will see two leads looking for love for the entire season. Fans obviously know from last season that you both fell for the same guy. And having that history there, you told people that you went into this season with, quote, the attitude to put each other first, which... I love and that you communicated with each other a lot while filming. So take me into that communication process. If you both fell for the same guy again, how did you let each other know? How did you communicate your feelings to one another? Yeah, I think me and Gabby just always have had really open communication. I think we're really excited for people to kind of get a glimpse into our friendship as well as our journeys to find love. But I think we always just put each other first. Yeah, I think it's only natural. This is something that we were able to share together. So naturally, we wanted to talk and always debrief about our experiences in real time and ongoing conversations. So with that, you know, came any kind of hard discussions that we may have had at the time. Well, a major plot point on the last season of The Bachelor was that Clayton told the two of you and Susie, his final pick, that he was in love with all of you. So did that experience impact your thought process on using the L word with the men you're dating this season? And, and, and did those thoughts keep you from being able to like, you know, fully emotionally invest in this process? Honestly, I think everyone's experience is different when they're in our shoes. It is, of course, a journey to find love, so people go about it different ways. I think Rachel and I were really true to ourselves throughout the whole thing, and I really hope that the people can see that, you know, what we were saying and feeling in real time were true to us. Well, we have seen on this show that sometimes people's exes drop by, right? So if your exes were to come on the show and meet the men vying for your hearts, what is one thing you think that they would tell them? Gabby, you first. Run! <laughs> I think I've always ended on good terms, so hopefully they say that I'm, at the very least, mature. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both just very thankful that that did not happen. Yeah. Well, Rachel, Rachel, what about you? I'm wondering, like, is there one thing that you've even taken away from your past relationships that's like, you know what, I'm going to work on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we all have things that we need to work on with ourselves. No one is perfect. I think we all know that. Um, I definitely think maybe being stubborn. I am a little bit stubborn. I think he would probably say that and say that. But I'm working on it. So that's all that matters. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about the men on your season. There are 32 men looking to get your final roses. They range in age from 23 to 36, I'm seeing. Did you speak with producers at all about what you were looking for in this group of men, age, diversity, location, children. I think we were really open to anything and just a man who really was ready for a serious relationship at this point in his life. 
I think across the board age, there's so many different factors, but it all just really comes down to, are you ready? Can you be loyal and supportive? And I think that's the main thing we stress to producers that we wanted out of a partner. Definitely. I think dating, it's just half the battle is meeting someone else who's at the same place in life and ready to commit. So being able to identify that early would help us along. What about no goes? Like, were there anything you told the producers? Like, oh my goodness, if the guy smacks when he eats, like, what are the little pet peeves that you guys have that you're like, nope, can't do it? I'll start with you, Rachel. (laughs) I don't know if there's like specific things. I'm very big, I think, just on like, chemistry and being able to talk to you and and have that initial connection. Yeah, agreed. It really is, you know, dating in real time. So you really learn a lot about the intangible things that make a relationship so special. It is the chemistry. You can't really put your finger on it. And if you love someone enough, they can smack in the other room. (laughs) And then when it comes to marriage, like that is the big goal of these shows, this franchise is to get you guys like down the aisle with the man of your dreams. Was that something just as little girls you always kind of looked forward to? Or is that something you realized you wanted later in your lives? What about you, Rachel? Yeah, I think it's definitely something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to have a partner and kids and a career. I feel like I'm definitely in that spot in my life. And you know, I feel really lucky that we got the opportunity to, you know, maybe find that person. Yeah, me too. I've always wanted just a lifelong partner. And I know it looks different for everybody. I spent a lot of my 20s making mistakes, dating the wrong men. But I think that's what you need kind of to really get to know yourself and get to know yourself in a relationship, which is so important because it's a different part of yourself. I feel like I am ready to commit to someone and have someone to commit to me. Well, I want to play a game with you both. One of the things that Bachelor Nation gets a kick out of is seeing the uh, job titles each of the contestants have each season. Some of them are very interesting. There's a few from your season and few from past seasons. And I just want to know, um, you know, if you saw this on Tinder, if this was like on somebody's profile or something, would you swipe right or swipe left? And we're going to go Gabby, Rachel, okay? First one, meatball enthusiast. Right. (laughs) Most of you said right. Tickle monster. Left. Left. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Twin. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's two of us. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it could make it easy marrying to each other's families. How about free spirit? Left. Yeah, that can't be your occupation. Gotta have a job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, how about magician? Ta-da. I love some magic. Yeah. It's <laughs> a love potion. Aspiring dolphin trainer. We're all aspiring. I think, yeah, that's a dream occupation. job. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aspiring to be a lot of things, including <laughs> a dolphin trainer, but I don't get paid for it. Left. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, social media participant. We Just, all participate, but we have yeah. to have other things. Call I it think. what it is. Mm-hmm. If you're an influencer, say it take it that that's the left for both of you. (laughs) All right. All right. We're done with the game. But before I let you go, you have to tell me an actual moment that you just know 
is going to make the blooper reel. I think the whole blooper reel is going to be Gabby. Like, if you want my honest opinion, because everything she does is, is just funny. It's just terrible. <laughs> but probably the champagne at... That's it. In, in LA. That was really funny. Yeah. Gabby we, was learning how to spray the champagne out. And it was just like, I've never seen a champagne bottle go as long as this one did. And she was just standing there. It, it was, was just funny to us. The PSI behind that thing was off the charts. <laughs> I love a champagne moment. I cannot wait to see it. Gabby and Rachel, this has been so much fun. You can catch their season, The Bachelorettes, airing this Monday, July 11th on ABC at 8 p.m. Thank you so much for stopping by, ladies. Thank you for having yes. us. Thank you. Erica Girardi, a.k.a. Erica Jane, a.k.a. The Real Housewife, who cannot help but make head-turning headlines, is back in the news. And we have to talk about the wild things coming out about her right after the break. We'll be right back. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back. And well, Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Girardi, the reality star who goes by the name Erica Jane in her music career, was recently ordered by a judge to give back her $750,000 diamond earrings. Yes, $750,000 for two hunks of jewels and metal that hang off of the side of her head. The earrings were purchased by her estranged husband, Tom Girardi, back in 2007. However, during a hearing on Tuesday in Los Angeles, U.S. bankruptcy judge Barry Russell ruled that the former trial attorney purchased the jewelry with money that was supposed to go to his clients, who were injured, I should say, by a demarcated diabetes drug known as Resolin. So, your girl Erica had to fork over the diamond earrings as part of her ex-husband's ongoing fraud suit. And then, after she handed over the earrings, an insider said that in the wake of the loss, she is, quote, doing the best she can. Well, thank goodness. I mean, look, I haven't had the trauma of giving back fraudulently purchased earrings that are worth more than a house, two houses in some places, so let me not judge. Another source close to the Real Housewives production said, quote, it wasn't easy for Erica to part ways with something that was sentimental to her, but she knows she needed to do it and she complied. Then there's what went down on this past week's episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where Erica Girardi was not only hitting on Garcelle Bouvet's eldest son, but began verbally attacking her 14-year-old. Apparently, Girardi got a little tipsy at fellow housewife Garcelle Bouvet's birthday party, where she began openly flirting with Garcelle's oldest, Oliver Sanders, who happens to be married with four kids. She said to him, have your baby mama contact me on my DMs. 
we can get it in. Three-way. It's all good. You guys, I can't make this stuff up. Then, later, Jax, one of Garcelle's uh, 14-year-old twins, approached the area where Erica was sitting to pick up floral arrangements on the table. And that's when Girardi confronted him and asked what he was doing, saying, quote, Get the F out of here. Get the F out of here before you get in trouble. Get out. The ordeal was quickly followed by some mediation from Garcelle. Later in the episode, Erica acknowledged, quote, I learned a lesson. I can only have one drink, just only one. Which, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure that should have been her only takeaway from that debacle, but what a ride. Bless Garcelle's heart, I have to say, for her restraint, because, honey, well, (laughs) there is always something going on with Erica and the rest of the housewives, which is exactly why we can't stop watching. All right, some things in life are just easy to do. You know, things like breathing, eating pizza, and finding reasons to love Paul Rudd. People's reigning sexiest man alive recently made a new friend, and the internet and myself are loving every second of it. The Ant-Man star heard that Colorado's 7th grader Brody Ritter had been bullied in school and that kids refused to sign his yearbook. His mother posted a picture of the empty yearbook in late May with the caption, quote, My poor son. Doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Two teachers and a total of two students wrote in his yearbook, despite Brody asking all kinds of kids. The Facebook post gained traction and the story was picked up by the Washington Post. A chorus of do-gooders reached out to Brody, including a group of high school students who signed his yearbook. The Broadway cast of Dear Evan Hansen contacted him and American treasure Paul Rudd did the same. They began corresponding online, leading to Rudd FaceTiming with Brody. I heard about you. And I'm like, I gotta talk to this kid. Because this this kid sounds like my kind of guy. Like chess, like fencing, like dinosaurs. So prior to their video call, the clueless actor also sent along a signed Ant-Man helmet and letter with some words of encouragement, which read in part, It's important to remember that even when life is tough, that things get better. There are so many people that love you and think you're the coolest kid there is, me being one of them. I can't wait to see all the amazing things you're going to accomplish. If that's not something to make you smile, then I don't know what is. Paul Rudd continues to be undefeated in being an absolute gem of a human and a sexy one at that. (laughs) Thanks for joining us again today. I will see you back here tomorrow to round out the week on our Friday episode of People Every Day.